Hey there, welcome to the Customer Academy Playbook, a show where we help B2B brands in SaaS and beyond build online training programs that their customers will love. In today's episode, we are exploring the topic of monetization, which might be a big area of focus for you this year in 2023. And we are going to look at the mental shifts that have to occur as you start monetizing or look at monetizing your customer education program. We're also going to share a simple four-step test that you can use to determine if free is really a driving factor in your customer education program's success. Customer education is a growing force in modern businesses who are focused on increasing the lifetime value of customers while decreasing the cost associated with customer support, onboarding, and product adoption. As the role of customer education evolves into hybrid marketing or sales or customer success teams, our team here at Think Through is studying what's working in customer education. We're looking at the new tools and technologies being released and we're assembling insights from our own projects, our clients, or other market leaders who are changing the way brands deliver education experiences customers love. Hi. I'm Matt Tidwell. I'm the host of Customer Academy Playbook and the founder of Think Through, an agency helping companies outteach their competition and build training customers love. I invite you to join me on this journey each episode to see what's working in customer education, hear from market leaders on strategy and approaches, and connect with other professionals who are experimenting and exploring what it means to build training customers love. Now, there are many factors that affect a go-to-market strategy when launching a course or a customer education program or kind of building something from scratch like this. But one thing is for certain, and that is pricing is a polarizing conversation in every organization when it comes to customer education. And I will always kind of argue, and I'll explain in this episode where my point of view comes from, and we'll look at some data around it and things like that. But at the end of the day, Regardless of how you consider monetization, if you can't tie your customer education program to revenue in some meaningful way, your training program and budget will always be at risk. And so um, in this episode, we're going to look at that free versus paid conversation, which is probably happening everywhere in SaaS training. And we're going to just look at the challenges of free the perceived value and how that affects your program. We're going to look at some upsides of monetization. And then really at the end of the day, the conversation is should be about the goals that your customer education program is moving forward, right? We all have different goals. No two uh, organizations are using training for the same reasons. And so really this isn't a prescriptive you must go do this after this episode, but I am going to give you some actionable steps to start to test and see if this is something that might be worth implementing uh, this quarter or this year. I guess first up, though, we should talk about the challenge of free, right? Because for those of us in customer success, giving away things that promote our customer success with our product or with our solutions or with our services seems like a no-brainer, right? <laughs> so we want our customers to stay with us. Uh, we want to be successful. And often as a team, we're measured on retention and all sorts of other things, right? So why would we not want to give things away that help us increase those, those things? As a result, I think, you know, with that mindset, leaders of customer success often have a vested interest in removing anything that could be considered a barrier 
uh, that would prevent someone from going deeper with our product and really most importantly getting results with our product. That's our number one metric that we, we care about is can our customers get the result they need. And so really when I think about the pricing conversation, it's not should we should we monetize or should we not monetize. It's really, you know, friction or a challenge of are we putting barriers in place that make it more difficult for our customers to get results with our product? And that is a really good question. And I think that that is where how we define customer education really, really matters. Uh, how we say and frame this, the conversation and the team and the goals of customer education really, really matters because I do think from a customer success perspective, if you think about the majority, the lion's share of product content, think, you know, tutorials, onboarding, click this sort of content, uh, how to, you know, help documentation, all of that, I think those arguably oftentimes should be free, right? But at the same time, I, I like to challenge the, the idea that product content and training content are not always the same thing and that if we look at customer education as a skills-based program or skills-based uh, content stream, now we've reframed customer education from a just a content tutorial uh, engine into delivering new skills, um, bringing expert advice, opinions, and information into the conversation, uh, delivering proven processes and workflows, and you know really having customized support if we think about it that way. And I think in almost every industry working with an expert or getting a proven process or having customized support or a tailored program costs something right and usually it's financial it's money but it could also be time or it's energy or it's some other resource but having that customized expert process approach costs something and so i think that's where that whole idea or that 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 label of education as a service really starts to kind of take place, right? So we're moving away from just click here onboard videos into, you know, imparting new skills, new ways of thinking, or delivering workflows that solve very specific problems for specific groups of people. And I do think that that's worth something. And so that's where really my, my stance on, you know, identifying value and applying value to customer education is rooted is you know going far beyond the click here content and so i think that as we develop our customer education programs and as we start to package expertise in ip improve in processes and all those things as we start to do those things we should be thinking about these as valuable assets and presenting them that way that help our customers achieve results faster really as we do this it starts to increase our perceived value not only within our organization uh, but also customer-facing perceived value. So, you know, if you think about it, actually, if we flip the conversation, if we create incredibly high-quality programs and we don't charge them, there is a world where it's actually more difficult for those programs to become successful. And that's just kind of really odd to think about. But if we have high-quality products and we're not applying a value to them in the market, it becomes more difficult for those high-quality programs to become successful. And really, I think that's because they can be perceived as lower value, right? And there's research from Vanderbilt University I actually just found in the uh, Journal of Consumer Research, actually. And, you know, it talks about the fact of lowering prices can actually backfire 
for retailers and for commerce and things like that because low prices trigger a, a signal of one of two things. It's either really low quality or it's a really good deal. You know, our consumers have that competing belief at the same time. They believe that something low price could be a good value, but there's also some secondary stream that's this is low quality or cheap product. And so they have those competing and they're not equally weighted. It depends on probably state of mind of the person at the time they see that offer that product. But giving it away for free uh, must just be put together, you know, quickly or cheaply must be low quality. However, if we apply a label that is more appropriate to the amount of effort and the result um, that they can achieve, then that is, you know, that's going to increase our perception of the market. You know, I've, I've heard several pricing folks, I'm not a pricing expert at all, so don't claim to be, but there are several folks that, if you think about it, if someone were to actually achieve the results that you are promising, if they're actually going to undergo the transformation that your program delivers, what would that be worth to them, right? And if we can price our products at, you know, 10%, 20% of what that transformation is actually worth, it will definitely be a good deal. You know, it doesn't have to be free to uh, be of amazing value. In addition to that perceived market value, I also think there's a lower incentive to complete free because I really, you know, I don't have anything at stake to lose, right? There, there hasn't been an exchange of value really when something's free. And then if you kind of compound that with it's free and unlimited access, you've actually created two obstacles for you in growing that program and that I had very easy, you know, kind of entry. There wasn't any exchange really for me to get access to it and I have access to it forever. So I'm not going to lose it. So there's really no motivation for me other than maybe I'm bored or I have, you know, just an extreme interest in a topic uh, to stay focused and pay attention to the thing that you're trying to help me learn. Right. And so often working with SaaS organizations specifically and in others, but especially in SaaS, you know, that idea of product training versus skills training, kind of going back and forth in that conversation, you know, it's like we want to launch an industry-recognized certification. Okay, brilliant. There's a lot of market value for that. There's a lot of strategic reasons why you'd want to do that. 100% agree. And then there's, but it will be free. There's always that secondary thing there. And, you know, again, everyone has a different goal. Maybe enrollment is the most important thing. Maybe having the most certified people is the most important thing. But I would argue, you know, the flip side of that, just to play both sides, every organization is going to make this decision differently for their goals. But I would argue that when you make it so easy to achieve and so attainable and there really is no gap or there's there's nothing that I have to cross or transform into to achieve the results, there's no real differentiation. There's no real compelling experience. And the certification doesn't have as much weight really as if there there was a true transformation that took place or there was a chasm that I had to cross in order to attain that thing. And that could be financial or it could be, you know, the amount of time I have to invest in something or it could be any number of things. But having free, unlimited, really meaningful, you know, certifications or industry validation is very, very difficult to achieve. Uh, you know, I was in I was in a meeting and, and one of the folks said, well, yeah, but if this is our own private branded YouTube channel, they were talking about content and delivery in their LMS. And I agree, it was very YouTube like and it, it looked really sharp. But, you know, if everything's free and it's just a YouTube channel, what's <laughs> what's really compelling about enrolling right away and getting started and making sure you consume all the things to quote unquote be trained, there's really, there's really not. There's a lot of obstacles there if we start to frame our customer education, our delivery that way. 
So those are some of the challenges, right? Perceived value for education as a service. But, you know, there's so many upsides, though. If we just explore, we don't have to commit to it, but if we just explore monetization, I think there's there's a lot of upsides, right? Because you're listening to this, there's there's the reality that if something isn't driving revenue in the business or in the organization, the reality is it's likely to go away. And so I think monetization supports um, many of our core values as customer education folks in, in our programs. And so first, it supports longevity, right? Uh, customer education is a long-term play. Having folks successful with our product takes time. And a lot of the indicators that we look at are usually lagging indicators of success. Um, and we're looking at renewals, and we're looking at you know increased license usage, and we're looking at customers' ROI of using the product. So those are not front-end things that have to happen. That's after experience is gained and practices are implemented and results are achieved, you can start to see those things. So you need longevity. If you can support your own resources at the program level, you can move from a cost center into a strategic asset. And, you know, you want to be a strategic asset that's deployed to grow revenue. That's going to be the ultimate position for you to be uh, as a customer education person. So longevity. The other thing it does is it promotes uh, or provides really scalability. And I think that as as the world is getting a little bit more complex when you have product and success and training and ultimately there's a lot of stakeholders involved and there's a lot of resources at play. I would just say that the more complex and, and critical training becomes to your product and to your success function, um, the more resources it's going to take. You are going to need investment and resources to innovate that function. And so to go to leadership, to ask for those investments to innovate, to ask for those investments to scale and repurpose and remix and meet customers in the ways that they need to be met to learn, um, you are going to have a much easier time uh, having a forecasted revenue growth. Here's what will happen and here's how we'll grow and here's how we'll monetize and here's how we'll scale a conversation versus here's how much more this is going to cost. Uh, the other thing it's going to give you the ability to do is it's going to give you the ability to market and promote. Um, when I was within a, another larger organization before um, launching Think Through uh, years ago, uh, marketing resources uh, were incredibly valuable. We only had so many marketing folks, and to get them to commit to a particular campaign or to get on their roadmap for the you know the course launch or whatever those things were, that was a pretty special moment. So you know we only had so much marketing resources, and at the end of the day, if you're giving your products away for free. That's another challenging conversation to have sometimes with marketing. I mean, we always need things to give away. We always need offers. We always need, you know, um, funnel building activities, right? But if you are going to run ads and you're going to justify uh, promotion and you're going to justify all the email communications and the staff to handle that and all those different things, having no revenue behind it makes that even even harder. Monetization does give you that runway to market and promote. Uh, fourth, you also, again, going back to perceived market value, if you have a program that's well-developed, you have qualifications for that program, there's some financial barrier to entry. You have a gap that's got to be crossed in order for that person to achieve results with you. And so, you know, real learning and real skill acquisition takes work. You know, it's not a free thing that just happened that we just got to like wake up one day and have a skill. And so I think emphasizing that gap in some way helps increase the satisfaction level of when I actually complete the program, when I actually, you know, succeed. I have more of a sense of accomplishment versus 
you know, I, I consumed some more content. I took a five question quiz and now I'm certified. Right. And then finally, uh, just the last upside for this conversation around monetization is it helps build diversification in revenue, right? Having customer education programs that are a lot more like products gives you the ability to diversify streams. In today's economy, I think more and more folks are looking for ways to diversify the revenue streams and productizing your IP um, gives you so many opportunities really to license, uh, to white label, to resell, to on-demand, to um, e-commerce, to all sorts of things or financial options. All right, so there's some upsides again, but regardless if you're all in on free, there is again absolutely nothing wrong with we're all in on free training. But if you are exploring building a revenue generating customer education program, uh, it is worth both sides, both teams doing a test for free versus paid. And really, before you plant the flag and say this is we are monetizing or we're not, I argue that it's a both and and not an either or. Uh, you know, there's there's situations where you're not going to want to monetize and situations where you are. But I do think it's worth testing. And actually on LinkedIn, I shared a post this week um, outlining a really simple test, right, that you could run in a week or, you know, or, or whenever it makes sense for you to run just to see what pricing does to the the overall spirit of your program. And so here's the, the simple test, right, which is first go into your learning management system or your content distribution or management system, get some stats, get some numbers, look at the current consumption of your programs and products. And also look at the completion of your programs and products. I would also start to look at, you know, how long people have access, uh, what the enrollment period's like, things like that, or anything else, any other motivating factor that helps increase completion, right? So if you have free programs that expire in 30 days or 60 or 90 days, like factor that in, right? And so just kind of get a sense of what that free catalog looks like. Second, identify how that content is actually getting promoted or shared or encouraged to others and to your customers, right? So if you do have free programs and you're lucky enough to have marketing channels around that, you know, factor those those pieces into this puzzle. Now, in order to run the test, here's what I would do. I would take a similar version of that product and, you know, I might even charge for an updated version of the product or a section of the product or something like that, that training product. And I would experiment at a few different price points, you know, a small, medium, large. Let's just frame it very simply, small, medium, large. You could even do just one price. The fewer variables, the better. So just, just pick a price, launch it. You can kind of play with that. Again, I would follow the exact same launch and promo that you currently have for your free catalog. Make sure that all the factors are the same. And then after a period of time, I would come back and I would measure the consumption and the completion of that paid offering, right? And then it really comes down to your goals. If you had a free program and you had 10,000 people enroll in your free program, you make some changes to the curriculum, you update a few things, you launch it as a paid offer, and you have 1,000 folks that enroll in the paid offer, it may not matter. You know, if It actually might be better for the goal that you are driving forward as an organization to have the 10,000 people enrolled, and you don't necessarily worry about it if they complete. Right? That, that could be a great thing. But on the flip side, your organization might prefer or the goal might actually require or or be better fulfilled if you had 1,000 or 2,000 people enrolled in the offering, but they, they actually complete 100% of the program, you know, and they actually got the transformation that you're promising. And I think that's where, you know, coming back to how you're positioning your customer education, the design of your customer education, you know, is it click here tutorial info product or is it a transformation that's occurring throughout the course of your curriculum? 
info products, you might want lots of enrollment. Transformations, you might prefer committed completions, right? So just seeing how those two things happen, right? And so, um, you know, I have clients uh, or have had clients in the past say, well, we don't charge because we'll have less enrollment. Or our competitors give away free training. That's a big one. Most people have that problem. And I completely understand, right? Your competitors are giving away free training. Or, yes, the free thing got a lot more click here in Roll Nows, but nobody got past lesson one, right? And so, again, back to the goal. I think some of these challenges are simply just optics. You know, when I look at data and I don't really understand, I'm like, ah, these numbers are higher than those numbers. You know, and some of them might be instructional design. Maybe you have a really well thought out execution strategy on the launch and the goal that you're moving forward and people don't continue on. Maybe there is a there's a design or an audience uh, targeting problem or there's a, you know, some instructional flow or some user experience like there, there's all sorts of stuff. Right. And then some of these problems are simply just resource problems like, hey, we would love to launch, you know, a more flagship uh, curriculum, but we just don't have resources to help us do that. You know, so there's tons of reasons why. So this isn't judgmental or prescriptive or any of that. I'm just kind of going through the thought process of testing. As you look at it, though, I would encourage everybody in the training world, especially if you're in the free training world, <laughs> to uh, imagine how you might elevate just one of your programs, one of your products into a paid offering and just test the waters, right? So, you know, go through that process. Identify the current consumption completion of your free content. Uh, and, and include all the factors, enrollment, duration, anything else. And then look at the promotion strategy for that free content. Now pivot, go back in the, you know, go back in the office, retool, upgrade a little bit, and relaunch a paid offering of that, and then follow those same metrics. All right, so in this episode, we have talked about, you know, everything not everything, but we've talked about quite a bit related to monetizing your training, not only challenges of free and what that looks like from a market perception and an optics uh, point of view, but also functionally what it allows you to do. Free programs are harder to sustain. They're harder to innovate. They're harder to fund. But I do think education as a service is is really the framework that we are operating in as customer education professionals. And I think that there are so many upsides if we can align to our market, serve our customers best as possible, and then we can look for smart strategic ways to monetize that effort. You know, I think there's just a world of good. And I really do think customer education is one of the most powerful vehicles to move a brand forward um, and move a product growth forward. Uh, anyway, I hope that this episode has provided you value. I hope that there's been some context that's helpful or some strategy that helps you approach the pricing conversation uh, during your current quarter launch during all the programs you're working on i encourage everyone to consider testing the waters on paid programming this quarter all right that's all i have for this episode again matt here with think through thanks so much for listening to this episode uh, if you want any more information there are things in the description and you can visit us at thinkthrough.co again that's thinkthrough.co and we're here to help brands build training customers love take care see you